welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 19th of October 2014. This is the Young Adult and Youth Sunday and the Bible reading is taken from 2 Kings chapter 22 verses 1 to 20. Here's brother Alex Fleurier. I'm not a preacher, I'm an engineer. Not even that, I'm, I'll be an engineer four years from now so if mainly I'm going to read from here, it's very difficult for me to speak free in English in front of a congregation, so please understand me and try to find out what God says to you. God, please, may help me to speak free from your, your word, God, and may prepare the, their hearts to listen and understand what you want to tell them. Thank you, God, for uh, allowing us to get here today, and thank you for allowing us to, to worship you, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, um, we're going to look at the second kings. These are the... We're going to look at uh, Judah now, and mainly in these, and the first and second kings, the Bible show us the Hebrew people and the Jewish people for a period of uh, some hundred years of some, yeah, lots of years. So, we're going to read in, in just a minute. So, uh, we're going to look at Josiah. He, he was a good king of Israel. He, he obeyed God. They were like a few kings. They were just live a sinful life. And they, one come up and it's a good king. And after that, more of them coming and doing bad things that God denied to, to do. So Josiah is one of the good kings, and we're going to look at him today and see what God God do in his life. So in this period of time, Josiah became king over Judah, and he was king for 31 years in Jerusalem. For a period of several thousand years, several hundred years, Israel was in a continuous state of spiritual wandering. They were actually, they were exactly in the the way that God had uh, prophesied to Moses hundreds of years before this time. I guess it's the one that merely read is related to that. God has said that after they, they would enter into the promised land, eat of the fruit of the land and get fed. And when they will, when it is well with them, they would turn away from God and follow after the idols of the Gentiles. This is what happening in the time of Josiah. In these two books of First and One Kings, yeah, we see the kings of Israel and Judah over hundred years, of, from beginning with David, the man that was after the God's own heart, and one of the greatest king of Judah. Josiah was one of the kings that walk in steps of David and following God, even though his predecessor Manasseh walked in step of Jeroboam and not after God. Now I'm going to ask uh, Megan to read. Okay, thank you. Okay, this may seem a really long and boring story, boring story, but it's it's not like that at all, and we'll see in a minute. It's very interesting and really amazing what God did in Josiah's life and in Jewish people. So an extraordinary thing that we see here 
is that God working the life of those who love him, especially those who are called according to his plan. We are sure of that fact that Josiah was the king of Judah by God's design and plan, and he also loved God. Therefore, God was able to work. So like the Romans 8:28 say, can someone tell me by heart this verse? Romans 8:28. Pastor always saying it that it's, we see that Josiah is there because of God's design and all the things. But most of more the most important thing is that Josiah has a heart that willing to serve God. And we also see that, yeah, he was working for God when this outstanding thing happened. Okay, what outstanding thing? If you paid attention before when they read, you see that they actually find the book of law, which is very important. So let's have a look how we can apply this in our lives, like being serving God and doing things for him. It is very simple. If we love God, and there are called according and we are called according to his plan he will work okay here many christians might get stuck how can i know god's will for my life i don't know how god's will what i don't know god's will for my life they they may say okay so yes these are questions that i have struggled with uh with many years in my life as well and I have come to the conclusion that they are just stumbling blocks put there by Satan. So you don't know what God's will for your life. You don't know what, yeah, for your life. Well, let's start by looking at what is definitely not God's will for your life. So without any doubt, God doesn't want us to live in a state of waiting, of not doing anything while we are saying, we are seeking God's will for our lives. To live, waiting for a heavenly sign that tells us we are, we are, tells us we are to go as missionary to Africa or China or to be a street preacher or to open a Christian orphanage. Have you ever heard of Christian like this? Because where I come from, there are lots of them. I hope they are not here as well. So they are just waiting and doing nothing. I don't know what God's will for my life. So they reach 30 years old with maybe two degrees already and they're just, they're not involved in church. They don't have a job and they're just waiting and wasting their parents' money. And this is definitely not God's will for your life. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, what do they say? Like God's God may tell you like very specific, you may go to Africa or you may do this or this, how we, we see. So I'm not saying that God cannot speak in this manner, but God will definitely speak to you if you're already involved in his work, regardless of how small your involvement. So basically don't just waste your time waiting for a heavenly sign to strike you and say, go and do that. It might happen, but that's that's not for sure. God works in many different ways. Okay, I come to this country by God's leading, but I didn't receive a specific instruction from him about what I'm going to, uh, what I'm going, 
it's annoying to read this sometime. I wrote down what I would be doing in his work. Like, I'm sending you to England to work with kids or music or teens or something else. He then told me something like this. As you know, I came here as a student, but the more, imp more important than that, as is normal for any Christian, I'm here in, in his work. But God put me here in this church. I don't, know, I don't understand completely yet why or what he would have me to do here, but I know he wants me to be here. So yeah, as I told you, I got a pretty weird testimony about coming here. I, I didn't want to come for the beginning. I didn't like this country. It's raining a lot. It don't have sun. Everyone speaks a weird English for me. So why would I want to come here? But God decided to send me here. He worked amazing in my life. I was like, have a several exams to do and take. My grades have to be pretty high to go there. And I never have that high grades especially at university. I was like, in high school, I barely graduated, and in, high, in university, I just, my grades get better. I don't know how, so that may be God. So uh, what, do, what do I need to do now? Should I wait for a supernatural sign to tell me exactly what I need to do in this church? Mm, I don't think so. I believe that God would want me to work for him, not just to sit and wait. He would want me to try to be involved, to involve myself in as many activities of the church as I can, to work as much as I can for him while I'm here. And though he, and though this he will lead me to what he's going to do with me in the future. So that's what I'm going to do here. I, I don't have a specific ministry here yet. I may have, I may not, I don't know. I will wait and see, but till then I will try to work for God as many as I can. So then, does the God, uh, so then just the way God did with Josiah, he will do with each of us who are involved in his work. He will do a great and mighty, he will do great and mighty things that we cannot even imagine. When Josiah gave the command to the great to gather the silver to repair the temple, the priest found the book of law somewhere in the temple. Doesn't this sound a little bit funny? Or how is this possible? In what spiritual state were the priests during that time? Not even mention the people, the nation. If they found it, if they found by chance uh, emptying old boxes looking for someone else, the book of law. So they were actually tried to gather more silver, as many they could, by Josiah's command. And they randomly find the book of law. The book of law, they find it in the temple. This is really, really sad, actually, if we were thinking of what spiritually state they, they were. The book of law, written by Moses after the command of God, was always supposed to be kept in a place of honor in the house of God. Doesn't this sound absurd? It would be like in our days now. If we'll have like a general cleaning Saturday at church that day in a month when we come here and do some work. So if like some of us come here and the pastor and say, oh, pastor, look what I found. 
what's this? And the pastor said, oh, I think that's a Bible. What kind of Christian we would be? What kind of church that, that would be if we don't even know what the Bible is? And we're just randomly find it somewhere in the church. I mean, it should be here and in every our home. And we should, all of us should have at least two. One from church, one from home. No, we should just read it. doesn't matter how many we have. So maybe this doesn't seem... Maybe this doesn't seem like something extraordinary. What a big deal. They found the book of law. That's good, but it's not something spectacular, isn't it? It's like, okay, so maybe it doesn't seem spectacular on the outside, but it's extraordinarily essential for the life of the people. Because of their sin and rebellion, the judgment of God was set to fall upon them. And Millie, I guess, she just read this the verse but I may ask you to read it again please Deuteronomy 31 16 and 17 do it slowly and pay attention to this verse these two verses 31 16 and 17 here God told to Moses before what's going to happen with Israel and Jewish people and Josiah just realized that they are living these days right now right here and they have to change something because the things are getting to be to get worse so Josiah when he I think this is in the next chapel oh no so here I guess so anyway in the next chapel in 33 they Josiah just command to read the book of law in front of the whole nation and they uh, okay and Next, they do a covenant with God. Thank you, TB. Okay, when when he heard what is written in the book of law, realized that people were lost and living in sin, and God would punish them for it. Okay, so okay, so God sees Josiah's repentance and his and in his enormous love, he spared them. Okay, um, we today are the same as the people during the time of Josiah. And because of one or two among us, God still show mercy on us to spare our lives, our health, and our family. Did you ever think about this, that we are extremely sinful and ignorant with God, and because of maybe the pastor and some other few in the church that prays for us maybe every day, God just shows mercy upon us. And if we would stop and analyze our Christian life, Christian lives day day to day, how often do we make a mockery of the one who loved us so much that he died on the cross for us? Uh, how worldly we are, we are every day, and how mis miserable, sinful life we live. If James says to him that known to do good and though it not to him it's sin then many times we will live in sin daily without even realizing it just by realizing it by just not doing good things the things that we know that God wants to do want us to do where constantly or throw indifference so you may think of this before but this verse isn't necessarily referring to th 
things like helping those around us, always smiling when we go to church, school, or work, or living in peace with all men. It is about this, but it's a little bit further than this. What would some of the things that may think that many times we don't, we do not do, even though we know that it would be God's will, and by neglecting to do them with sin. Uh, when we pray, these are some examples of the things that we may, may may think of these before, but maybe we don't even realize them. When we pray without with our lips, just to we can put a check mark on our prayer list that we have prayed for the person who was sick. When we see someone who is suffering and we need and it needs our support, we offer it. But forgotten to mention that God is in control of this situation. Forget that this is an opportunity to share the gospel. When we have many things to do a week and we decide that we will wait until the last moment, Sunday night, and instead of coming to church, we'll stay home to resolve them. Okay, I'm not going to insist upon those things. I just mentioned them, so please think of these in your heart, because it is the same in Romania, maybe it's the same here, we are just ignoring, and we're like, if this is, isn't an obvious sin, uh, an action, it's just us being passive and ignorant by not doing things, we just consider this is not a sin, but it is, and God says it is. So, Saturn works gradually in our life, like the prisoner who each day carries in his pocket a little sand taken from his cell wall, carefully covering up the crack. Little by little, each day, over time, he works until, he, until the crack is big enough that he can escape. I know if you heard any stories about like this, but there are a few stories with prison that did this thing, and that's the way that Satan works in our life. He attacks us every day, beginning with simmering innocent thoughts. It always begins in the mind. The mind is the place that Saturn wants, in fact, to conquer because after we begin to accept his sinful idea, the rest is easy. So that's why actually Satan wants to attack, like to corrupt our mind. He cannot do anything to us because we're Christian, but he can make our Christian lives some miserable lives, like not being able to do anything for God. So he wants that. That's all what he wants to have lots of Christian. He doesn't care. They will go to heaven. He doesn't care. He's going to perish anyway. So the worst thing that he can do is stop people to, to work for God and praise him because in this way, he's actually show his power that is greater than God. So you save these, but they cannot work for you. They are obeying to me anyway. That's actually what Satan says to God when we, we are like this. Controlling our actions um, and decision based on these wrong ideologies is only a matter of time for him. Sooner or later, we will begin to act based on, based on of what we believe, based on what, on what we believe. So, what, what's with all those things? 
what what do we learn from from here it's there is not a magic formula trick or something new about we we can do avoid to fall in a spiritual decay just two simple well-known things stay close to god by having a close close relationship to him and work for him so that's what josiah did he he worked for god he was close to him and he worked for him and god bring this miracle in in his life so this this was the miracle i mean josiah realized where they are what's going to happen it's like someone is going to predict our future so if we are not going to repentance we are going to die so how many of us we will listen to that man even it, we we don't have any confidence to to trust him but he he was their king so they they should obey him so um yeah how to how to start to do this to work for god so if well if you you never accepted jesus christ as your personal savior if you haven't never asked the one who died on the cross for you for your sin to come in your life if you have never truly seen how sinful you are and then your sin put creator of this universe on the cross just to save your soul when i think it is the time for you to do it so if you never spoken to god in your heart not not at church not at anywhere just you and god if you never ask him to come into your life and to be your savior you you should do it now because otherwise you you're not a christian actually and you're going to go to hell forever if you're already a christian and you have Jesus Christ in your life take out take out all of the idols get rid of all the sinful habits that you have in your life now analyze your life every day and take the sin out of it why should we do that because he wants you to live your life clean and pure as a child of god if being a child of god were the only reason that we should do this it would be enough but there is more if we will adopt this we will adopt such a lifestyle god will bless us how well there are more blessings that we can ever we can number and he may put upon us but don't forget this verse yeah roman 8 28 um yeah we, we may see we may see together this this verse can can we say it together by heart okay let's try and we know that all things work together to for the good of those they love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Okay, so if you ever experimented, yeah, God's blessing in in your life, you know what's all about. If you never did, that's that's sad for you because you you're a Christian. But you can read in in the Bible and see many other spectacular things and blessing that God put upon those who, who love him. And this is the way that God designed life. I, I spoken to a friend of mine back in Romania a few days ago, and, and she told me that she's very, I mean, she cannot find happiness in this life. She, she suddenly, suddenly we just end the conversation. She said, I am just trying to find joy and fulfillment in those 
things, the small things in life, and I can't. And it kind of made me to think about this is the way that the lost and sinful people live. They try to fool themselves that they can find find the fulfillment in in this life. And this is sad because they, they can't. And they reach a point when nothing can satisfy them. They try anything, friends, alcohol, drugs, parties, whatever. But they just cannot feel that empty spot in, in their heart. Because God designed life to be this way, in a close relationship with Him. So, if let's say if you you're sick of your life now and you're, you're not Christian, even if you are a Christian and you're sick of your life now, the sin is the problem. So, if you're not a Christian, accept God in your life and then live for Him, and your life will turn better. This is not the, like a psychological three steps to do for a better life. No, it's just one step. Accept two steps, accept Jesus Christ as your savior, and then live for him. Because this is, yeah, even if it was like this, just like this, because God says we should listen to him. But he said so just for us to live better lives and to enjoy our our creator and our life here. Okay, this this was all. I, I hope you understand something from, from it. God spoken to to me by this and I just want to share with you